Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's guest is the one and only magnificent Jen Sodini returns to the show to have one of my favorite chats of all time on the podcast. Uh, I say that a lot, but I mean it. It was a great chat. And uh, going to try and keep this this intro like as brief as I possibly can because I, I need to... I need to do my uh, my ohm chants for today. I didn't do that. I really like doing it. I feel like I really get into a rhythm when I when I chant the ohm. The, the A, the birth, the U, the O, the becoming, the M the death, and then the fourth component, the space in between. I learned that from Joseph Campbell. I'm sure there's other people that I could have learned it from, but I learned it from Joseph Campbell. And uh, speaking of, of meditations, actually, Jen just released one that I saw on Instagram this morning. Um invincibility meditation so that's really cool uh, i've done some some really cool meditations with jen actually and i uh, can't wait to check this one out so all the links for all of jen's amazing work is going to be in the show description so you can go to evolve and ascend you can go to her personal website jennifersodini.com you could follow her on instagram you can check out the Amenti Oracle deck. Uh, check that out. Get that. And uh, all of her books, all the links are going to be in the show description. I mean, she's uh, got, got a lot of hats. I think, I wonder if she does have a lot of hats, actually. I should have asked her that question. But she wears a lot of hats, does a lot of things, and um, is really, as I wrote in the show description, like really walking the true spiritual path in my opinion and we talk about this on the show you know there's just you think that like the spiritual community or the psychedelic community or the conscious community is going to be all sort of on the same page but there's a lot of you know all the same kinds of distractions and traps and ego posturing and um performance type you know, virtuing, virtue signaling and moralizing and stuff it all comes into the communities in which we exist in as well. And uh, for the kind of work that, that Jen does, I think oftentimes you can just kind of like, you know, if you're not used to this kind of stuff, you could just say like, oh, well, that's just, you know, some, some woo or whatever. But it's she's really, uh, you know, grounded and focused and uh, doesn't neglect the the entire you know 360 degree framework of the yin yang language the creative destructive light dark elements that are necessary to uh to merge and to mesh and uh to cycle through integrations in order to keep continually showing up whole and you know, in truth and with integrity and compassion and sight, and you know, a, cl a clear sensory input apparatus, apparatus. I uh, let's just go with that to assess 
reality, the reality that, that we exist in as individuals and that exists in the feedback network that we participate in. And uh, yeah, I just think she's awesome. She's, she's one of the people, like she's, she's one of the, the few people that I could literally just turn on the microphone and it's going to be great no matter what because there's never, she's always bringing something that I've never heard of before or a new insight that uh, maybe I've heard but I haven't heard it in that way. Just, uh, just one of my favorite people on the planet, and you guys are gonna gonna love this conversation. You guys are gonna love it. So, uh, with that being said, let's get to some promotions, affiliate stuff, sponsor things. Student loan tutor, student loan tutor. Go if you have student loan debt. Go to studentloantutor.com. Studentloantutor.com. Zach Geist, past podcast guest, host of the Zeitgeist podcast. He has developed this company to. Be an agent of light uh, on combating the the dark debt, you know, slavery that uh, that has engulfed the planet. And uh, you go to his the Facebook page for Student Loan Tutor, and Zach is wearing a a wizard outfit, like pointing a magic wand at a you know Illuminati skeleton looking guy, and. Uh, it's it's really interesting. He's very much like in the vein of Charles Eisenstein. I think Zach and I are both a fan of Charles's work and try to incorporate that holistic, um, spiritual, you know, much like Jen, much like today's guest, the same kind of thing. And I really have a lot of respect and admiration for people that can really bring the, the, the totality of of it all into the process and the work that they're doing. And Zach, it's not this like, you know, strict he doesn't have this like strict just financial understanding. He has that, you know, expanded, open, psychedelic type, spiritual, sacred, you know, consciousness to it where he is an ambassador for life, here to serve life and to serve people. And uh, he's helped me tremendously get out of crippling debt and feel liberated and free from the, the shackles of the, of the prison of the evil dark lords, the evil... Skexies of the of the debt system. So please check out studentloantutor.com. Tell them that you you know set up a consultation call. It's it's a you know a free call, and uh, see if they can work with you and say Mike Brancatelli sent you or Mike Adelic. You heard it on Mike Adelic, and um, and really uh, really check that out because it's really worth it. It's you know it's not one of these things where you know you have to. Uh, you know, pay for anything or anything like that, you get a free evaluation. So you go to studentloantutor.com, click on that red button at the top, schedule a free evaluation, set a date, and they'll, uh, they'll take a look at your student loan debt, you know, everything. They'll go into your, your history, your, your debt, your income, you know, to t- determine if they can work with you. And this is what I love about them. They don't just take on anybody. You know, they're not going to just take on anyone. They're going to take on people that they know that they can 100% or they have a really good, uh, you know, they have a really good assessment that they can work with you, that they could be a value to you, that they could help you. And, you know, I love these guys. I love what they're doing. I love Zach and uh, he's become a good friend and Student Loan Tutor is just uh, phenomenal. They helped me out and, in, in, you know, uh, I had so much debt and uh student loan debt and i just thought well i'm never paying that and he really uh his team really worked and got in there and you know um 
Terrence McKenna once said, if you understand the nature of language, then you can understand the nature of reality, and then you can start to to shift it and mold it and move it. And that's what they do. They understand the the language of that debt system, and they get in there and they, you know, perform surgery and show you what's available and what what can how we can be freed from this. Speaking of Charles Eisenstein, he has a, a new course I'm going to be taking for free from August. Uh, 3rd to the 12th. Then there's also a, a 50% off uh, special price offer. And those both of those links are in there. And I think I'm going to do both because I want to participate in the live, you know, with everybody, the course, but I also want to get the bonuses that come with the, uh, the purchase of the, I think it's originally $100 and it's half off, or they say it's, you know, it's 99 and it's half off, so it's 49. So go check out those links. The course is called Political Hope. It's going to go into things like, you know, war and debt and, you know, the polarization of, of the, the binary options of the political spectrum. You know, what things that I've been talking about on the show, what both sides are not talking about, what the Republicans are not talking about, what the Democrats are not talking about, hell, even what the Libertarians are not talking about, the Green Party. It's like, you know, how can we uh, make change? How could we be actual agents of change? So I'm really excited about this Charles Eisenstein course. If you decide to sign up, you get the bonuses with uh, coaching calls with Charles, more videos, more question and answer abilities. I think I believe there's also a one-on-one time with Charles as well. So, uh, and it's 49 bucks and you have lifetime access to it. So it's awesome. And with that being said, you're going to help little old Mike Adelic here. You're going to help me out. Uh, so it's a, you know, I'm an affiliate for them. So every purchase that you make helps me, helps the show. And that's a way that you can support and get something awesome by Charles Eisenstein. All right. Hemp bombs, hempbombs.com. Go there, put in the code Mike 15 at checkout. You get 15% off and really You'll 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 be helping me out because uh, I'll be able to cash out on my uh, my affiliate money from them. So it's CBD. I don't know. You know, like what what's how do you it, you know just give it a, give it a whirl, give it a go. They got tinctures, they got gummies, they got stuff for your dog, they got pain free stuff. I've tried all their stuff. It's great. It's good. It's fine. It's all right. It's okay. It's whatever. It's CBD. Give it a shot. What do you have to lose? You know, if you don't like it, return it. I'll still probably get the credit for it. Yeah. All right. Hempbombs.com. Mike15. Put in the code CBD. Give me the money. All right. Uh, And then just, you know, other ways you could support the show that really help go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review rating. You can just click five stars. I don't need a a whole paragraph, but if you do, that really helps boost up my ego and makes me feel like I'm superior to everybody. So write something that really is a real ego massager for me, you know, really boost me up and, and give me a delusional sense of confidence. And uh, that's that's really good. That'll definitely help the show. But it really does help the show because it, the more ratings and reviews that I have that come in in a concentrated period of time, the the higher the show gets in the rankings. You know, it's kind of like a Google search engine, and people are able to find these conversations, like with Jen Sodini, where we're talking about a lot of really cool and interesting things, and you know, consciousness and conspiracy and magic and occult and esoteric knowledge and wisdom and plant medicines and all that stuff. We want these topics to be exposed to more people. So the more ratings and reviews, that that helps a lot. If you want to go a step further, become a patron. Join the Mycadelic Inner Sanctum. And uh, at $5 a month, you could you could donate as little as a dollar, two, three, four. And at $5 a month, 
bonuses start to kick in. You get bonus episodes, which I haven't put out one in a while, and I will. I'm, I promise it's coming. Probably two coming. And uh, the private Discord chat where people are connecting from all around the world, sharing trip reports, stories, links, articles, memes, all kinds of stuff. That's the private Inner Sanctum Discord chat group and uh, T-shirts and stickers in production as we speak. So those go out to patrons as well. And uh, it's Mike Brank, uh, patre- patreon.com slash Mike Brank. And my website is Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C.com. So without further ado, let's get into this awesome conversation with one of my good friends, Jennifer Sodini. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. direction um, i mean isn't that how the world is is or has at least be like become in the last you know it just keeps ramping up to like it's like this is the thing worry about this thing and it's like intense and it's everywhere and every single person you know has something to say about it and it's everything on twitter is trending and every instagram post and then like three days later it's like we got a new thing this is the thing like <laughs> Yeah, if 2020 was a drug, it would be Coke. Because everybody just totally. like, takes the line. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go play paintball. It's the greatest thing ever. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, where's the next thing? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to change the world, man. I'm telling you, my, my uncle's got a yacht, but we're going to use it for good. And we're going to go around. And it's like, okay. And then like three, three hours later, it's just like, oh, can we get some more Coke? <laughs> Exactly. And the whole time you're just sitting in a bathroom with like seven people and they're that the party's outside. That's that's the internet. The internet is a bathroom of cokeheads. It is. That's the greatest metaphor for what the world is, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's and it's like I kinda I, I did this thing where I just like kinda disappeared and I went off social media for like a month and I, I didn't even put out a podcast for a month. I just took a, I released like five at once and I was like, all right, here, and I'm gone. It was kind of nice, but it was also in a time where I could go out and be more active and social and like meet people. Like that was nice, like being like close to people without them freaking out and, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, whatever, we're in, we're in this time that we're in. So... Yeah, what I know you work like you're you're like a social media whiz kid, you know. So it's like 
you're like the girl that they call when they're like, we got a social media pro- like problem. We need, <laughs> we need this, we need that. And you're like, all right, I got it. I know what to do. You're like thoroughly in that world. Do you ever consider just like, like a, like quitting and leaving, like being done with it? I mean, have you ever tried? Yeah, all the time I think about it. But I, I feel very lucky that I've kind of created an ecosystem where I can treat it like a business and then take time off. Like for my own personal account, I've, I've barely been posting. Since everything happened with George Floyd, I've just really been in place of listening because it feels really important, especially as like a white woman. Like I need to just listen right now. But I, I say all the time that if I can get to a point where I sell enough books and get enough of my business in order, I would just delete it and disappear and be done with it forever. Because there's nothing like human interaction and social media can become this crazy mirage where all of these strangers are judging you and then you're, you're judging yourself. And then it just makes you question reality in a way that I think can be really unhealthy so it's either can be like an incredible tool. I mean, it's how we connect, right? It's how we've connected. Yeah. But yeah, it can yeah. be really, really detrimental for your mental and emotional health. And this year has shown the beauty of social media as a form of connection and, and refuge. But also, I think the destructiveness that's really toxic and scary at times, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's... That's exactly what I... What I, I, I just... That's, that's what I'm thinking, too. You know, it's like... I, I tend to get into these like, well, this, I got to quit this. I got to get rid of this. All right. All I'm going to do all week is just stare at the sun and drink kale. And then like, you know, I'm like, I can't, that's not sustainable. Like, you know, yeah, I get beautiful messages from people. Like we connected there. I'm, I'm, I'm making friends all the time and, you know, opportunities. And, but then there's like the, the shitty, crazy, chaotic part, but, but isn't that all of life, right? It's like everywhere you go, it's like, it's great. And then there's that. Yeah. I think that's the thing about finding balance. You know, I've, I've been noticing week by week, my screen time keeps going down, which is really oh, good. good. And oh, you're tracking it. Yeah. I get like notifications on my phone. So it's like last week it was down by 12%. I hope it keeps going down because, um, I don't know. I think cause it's summer too, having my bike so I've been like oh, yeah. really into biking and Me that's, too. that's been the best. Isn't it when so you, good? When you come to Colorado, we'll bike. Hell yeah. There's so many good trails and paths and stuff. It's a good, great biking city. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to bring my bike on the back of my car. So sweet. Yeah. Tell me about the biking. It's how it's been for you. So, you know, biking has become this really crazy outlet for me, you know, like, um, Yoshino, you met Yoshino briefly. Briefly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he told me about this app called Strava, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah. So you can like yeah. track everything. So uh-huh. weeks ago, I went on this really long bike ride before I downloaded the app, and I'm like, I wonder how long I went. It had to be like 50 miles. So now the crazy Aries in me is like, I need to do at least 100 miles a week. So I've just been pushing myself, and it's been amazing because it's like, it's really when you just feel the wind like on your body and just are going fast it just feels like the sense of freedom where nothing else matters you're just there and i've been like listening to a lot of really cool new music and um i've i kind of took i was listening to audiobooks but i just want to listen to music and feel free and i think that's the only place that i can get that right now god i am so i'm such in alignment with that like i'm doing the same thing like i'm doing the exact same thing i uh i've really been enjoying 
just taking my bike out and just going, yeah, like you said, it's like these little moments where I'm riding down this little trail and there's, you know, the river and it's making this little, you know, that beautiful noise of the water and other people are riding by and everybody's happy and joyful to be out and to be in the sun and, and it, yeah, the wind, it's just, it's, it's really a, it's really a great, it's a great way to get around and it's just a really enjoyable, um, practice. And it's so simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. And, 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 and it's a similar kind of thing too. Like I've just been like, I really want, I just want to listen to more music and I, yeah, listen to audiobooks and this stuff and that stuff. I just feel like information overload. I just want some serenity, some calm, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, it's not like escaping or whatever. It's, it's for just, your mental health. Yeah, it's just being, being with what you're feeling. Completely. There's this quote, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's something about, you know, like soul loss. And they talk about it in the shamanic tradition, like when you stop listening to music, when you stop dancing, when you stop laughing. I think, you know, that's a really good gauge for for where you're at. Excuse me, my cat just meowed. And <laughs> um, that I found that, you know, I hadn't been listening to music. I hadn't been moving my body. I have been like in the isolation tank chair for hours on end. Right, right. <laughs> so this has been such a great outlet for just listening to music and moving again. And it, it helps you feel alive. And I don't know, when we're so glued to like murder hornets, is it fucking aliens? Is Kanye running for president? How? What's the death toll today? Just being on your bike for a few hours helps kind of be an escape from the matrix, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I think it's a really healthy one too. Yeah. It's like, it it definitely is. Yeah. Just something of, something about just gliding around on two wheels that just feels really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because actually like my first memory, do you remember your first memory as a kid? Oh my God. Um, I don't know if anyone's asked me that before. My first memory. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. I was, uh, maybe like three years old or four years old, and I was in an, the first apartment that me and my parents lived in, and uh, I think I was playing with like a blue bouncy ball in the hallway. Wow. Yeah. That's specific. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I don't know if I, I, it's just, I just remember those elements were there. Yeah. Yeah, my first memory, I don't know how old I had to have been, but like young that I was on the backseat of my mother's bicycle. And I remember vividly, I don't think I even could speak yet, just looking down at the bicycle wheel moving and just thinking like, whoa, what is this? Or just like having this sense of awe. Because I don't think I had language at the time. I just remember the feeling of looking down at my mother's bicycle wheel and just being in awe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So simple, you know, so simple. It's like, it it even, it's even such a good reflection of the nature of the consciousness that we want to partake in, you know, the bicycle, for example, right? Like even, uh, you know, April 19th, we celebrate bicycle day, which Albert Hoffman got dosed and rode his bicycle, but it's, (laughs) you know, you get into a car and, you know, I'm not saying that cars are bad or whatever, but it's just the, the certain kind of dynamics. It's like you get into a car, it's like you start it up, it's loud, it's noisy, it's it's got a horn that, you know, you get on the street, people are you know, trying to get somewhere and they got to go fast, fast, fast. And you get on a bicycle and you're just like, you know, it's just a different kind of resonance. Totally. And it, it you don't, I think you 
don't realize how fast you can actually go. You know, I've been doing like 50, 50 miles, 51 miles, and it's like, you know, it takes about like four or five hours, but it's so nice. That's amazing, Jen. <laughs> oh my God. You're going to be in the Tour de France next year. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, I totally can. Now I'm just like in maniac bike mode where I'm like, I have to get at least a hundred miles a week. <laughs> so wait, so do you think that... <laughs> I know. I feel like I know what you mean. You're like, yeah, I'm fucking doing this. Like, I'm... yes. <laughs> you get all like the gear and watch. Are you watching like YouTube videos like how to uh, pedal faster? And no, that's what I do. I get I get into something and then I just go like I just take on that whole thing. Like I played disc golf, you know, like frisbee golf yeah, like, yeah. for for the first uh, first time maybe. I don't know, two months ago, like the, after the first day I played, I came home and I was YouTubing like how to throw faster and better and like all this stuff. And I'm like, every conversation I have with people is like, yeah, so my, I'm talking to my mom. She's like, how's things? How's, I'm like, well, I'm like really getting into disc golf right now. And you know, every conversation around disc golf and then, and then it like kind of slowly fades away. Like, do you think that the, the biking thing or like, is, do you resonate with that at all? Does that, does that happen with you? Do you get like really into something? And well, I like I'm like a weirdo where like I hate I love things and then I hate the culture that emerges around them. So yeah. like I don't want to be like yeah man like I'm biker Jen you know whatever. <laughs> but I definitely like get into a groove where it's like it becomes like OCD like where I have to do it every day. Um, I haven't been googling tutorials, but unfortunately I don't know if it's a condition of being 35 years old or what, but. Um, there's something I heard about that condition. Yeah. yeah. My, my ring finger and my pinky finger are going numb and it's called like biker's palsy. And I'm like, what am I, what, why is this happening? Am I stroking out or what? So now, I mean, I do have to get gloves. So that's the only bike gear that I am going to get. I have to get gl- oh, okay. gloves. Okay. So yeah. I'm trying so to like, research how to this? not go numb in my hands from being on the it, bike for too long. Oh, interesting. Do you ever... Do you ever just take this whole podcast is just gonna be about biking? <laughs> the the new name of the podcast is Bikeadelic. Uh, Bikeadelic, yeah. <laughs> so we're changing. So yeah, what kind of uh, spokes are you working with these days? You got the uh, SQ twenty seven uh, discraft gear, or what do you got the spin shocks on the <laughs> the rear axle? <laughs> imagine <laughs> i you know what i really love though i love people that really love things to, yeah. you know like that are really in, like when i'm exposed to a new world like for example the the biking community like if i went to a bike shop you see like the pro bike guys in there like yeah i got a problem with my uh, rotator uh, reflector cuff on the transmission axle and as I'm like, whoa, what's that? Like people are getting all this ge- these gears. Yeah, you got the thing that does the inflatable automatic inflatable. I'm just fa- I'm, like people that people that go bird watching. Like anybody yeah. that like is really really into something. I mean, I guess I'm the only thing that I'm really into is podcasting. But but I I like those those. I'm fascinated by how intricate and how detailed you can get with stuff. Yeah. Yeah, those like, uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but it's it's interesting when it's just like their whole life. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like, imagine like, I love, I love things. 
I love, you know, going down rabbit holes. I love learning new things, but I can never be fixated on just one thing. I have like mm. ADD with my fixations. So like, I just, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for like a Paul Stamets, right? That just mushrooms are his thing. And that guy knows all mushrooms and all fungus and all the things. And that's his thing. And I'm sure he's got more other things, but um, yeah, to be that detail oriented on one thing. I don't yeah. Know one thing. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, even one thing seems to be really like, there's this guy, I think his name is the medical medium. Yeah. You know, this guy, Yeah, like he's just, what, what, why is this guy famous? Just from saying that we should drink celery juice. He's just like, Oh, I got the answer. It's one thing. Celery. That's what you do. (laughs) And people are like, yeah, it's so easy. Just celery. Uh. I, I mean, I know nothing about this guy. I'm just generalizing, but I I tried reading his book and I'm just like, Hmm. I don't know. Like, I I guess I'm also so jaded because I've been experiencing, you know, 2020 has been the shit year for all of us. Right. But I'm just jaded with the spiritual community. I'm jaded with the conscious community. I'm jaded with the life coach. Every, everybody I'm jaded. I'm like, are you just full of shit? I just think everybody's full of shit at this point. They are. (laughs) They They are. We're all, we're all full of shit. shit. Yeah. (laughs) But at least there's like the ones of us that know and try our best to put as little full shit out there, you know, but yeah, I see, I see it so much. It's just, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. Like who's buying this? I bought this. Why did I buy this book? (laughs) Because we like, we like one thing. We like one thing, solutions, one thing, answers, you know, Yeah, just drink celery juice. Perfect, you know. Coconut like, oil. Coconut oil. That's all you need. Coconut oil for everything. Put coconut oil in your hair. Put coconut oil in your mouth in the morning. Put coconut oil on your skin. Use it for your bike. You lube up your gears. You know, it's like we, we just love. We want like the one in and in the the fucking media landscape. It's that's why it's so crazy because people are freaking out because there's no easy one solution or one answer because everything that you say. Someone could be like, well, actually, that's not true. What's true is that Trump is actually digging underground tunnels, channeling the ghost of JFK Jr., who never died, by by the way, <laughs> and they're saving the children, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, all right. I don't, I can't, I don't. Oh, my God. I, speaking <laughs> of that, I have to ask. So did you see the conspiracy going around now that the last picture of John JonBenet Ramsey has Ghislaine Maxwell in it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean she talk about one thing. We just found the the problem. This the solution to every problem that we have was that Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, she's the yeah. hy- the Hydra head. That's the one, yeah. Jimmy Hoffa, Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa was actually Ghislaine Maxwell, yeah. Is it Ghislaine or Ghislaine? Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Just yeah, the, the, what about the did you did you did you I don't want to dive too far into this, but did you see the Wayfair thing? Yeah, I did. And then somebody responded and was like, yo, I'm not missing. Y'all are fucking weird. All right, cool. <laughs> cool. All right. It is weird, though. It's very weird. But see, that's the I think that's the thing is that that reality, especially re, like reality, when we're all connected in the way that we've never been connected before and we can project all of our dreams, thoughts, expressions, art, opinions, hallucinations out into this ether and mash it and mix it up with every other nutcase out there. It's like, what are we going to get? You know, like we're like, we're going to get 
like this infinitely unfolding fractalization of nebulous truth and um you know chaotic confused craniums yeah and then on top of it like who knows how much from this nebulous chaotic confused cranium creation that we're actually creating you know all the simpsons oh, stuff everything yeah. you know like we're the reader and the writer so if we're, as we're making this stuff who's to say that we're not injecting that into the world so that's when it just gets so weird and you just want to get on your fucking bicycle and go for a bike ride and listen to bollywood music that's me at this point i love bollywood i love it me too i love it i absolutely love it yeah yeah I think that I'm I I love the uh I love the sound. I love the drums, I love the sitars, I love like the ping ping ping. I I love the voices. It's it's great. It's, it's so good. It's yeah. it's all I've been listening to lately cuz it's just also something about, you know, I'm trying to like there's a song from the Slumdog Millionaire soundtrack that I've been playing on repeat called Ajiki Rot. And I'm like, I'm listening to this, I'm listening to this. I'm like, this is my favorite song. I'm like, I should really understand what the lyrics are. So I looked up the lyrics. I'm like, oh, they're fucking beautiful. But there's also something comforting and not really knowing what's being said and feeling the vibration of it. That's been a comfort from words, yeah. <laughs> known words. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's like you, you're kind of feeling those vibrations coming through because the, the word is the symbol of the feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you're, you're getting that. And yeah, I like, I used to listen to, um, Andrea Bocelli. I love him. I mean, I still, mm -hmm. yeah, I'll put him on from time to time, but I, I don't know what he's saying when he's singing Italian, but God damn, is that not beautiful? You so know? beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. I grew up with opera. I love opera, you know, like Luciano Pavarotti and Torandot is my favorite, which is so weird because it's a Chinese story, but it's sung in Italian. Um, to talk about like language Amazing. confusion, yeah. but yeah, sometimes it's just feeling the the feelings, and um, yeah, there's something nice about that. Yeah, definitely. I think that is really important. Maybe something that we're losing collectively a little bit is feeling the feelings. Yeah, that and, and understanding which feelings are ours. You know, like uh, there's been a collective and this is not discounting anybody's experiences. This is just me being self-deprecating where the Internet feels like the South Park rabble, rabble, rabble. Like, oh, my God. Fucking yeah. rabble, 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 rabble. I'm like, and then you don't know where the first rabble is or what's anybody's fucking saying because everybody's just chiming in. And it's like, where do you actually feel in this? What are you really experiencing and going through? There's been a lot of that where I'm just like, listening is just listening has been really invaluable lately yes <laughs> yes i love that you bring up south park I, it's one of my favorite shows of all time i i know it's yours and uh one of your favorite shows right mm -hmm. and it's because it's you know matt and trey parker like i really resonate with them god i'm saying resonate a lot in this fucking podcast aren't I, I? I i'm vibrating with your <laughs> it's like fucking overusing resonate i need another word help someone give me a word i need someone to help me with words um i really i really uh dig their style you know is just like you know anything that we see that that looks like it's taking itself a little too seriously and moving into a, a form of extremism, they're going to, they're going to um, showcase the absurdity of that. 
and you're you you nailed it spot on i mean it is the 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 mindless mob mentality the crowd whenever you're moving with a crowd in any it doesn't matter even if it's like really noble things just noble virtuous moral causes can fall victim to that as well i mean what was it the black lives matter the black square thing yeah oh my god that that felt weird to me when i saw it because i was like wait a second this is like we're right in the middle of like exposing this whole thing and putting it on social media and showing like the anger and the pain and the frustration and like you know everybody is being like a citizen journalist to like get things out and now we're there's something catching on and a lot of people were like this is the right thing to do and you know friends of mine and and stuff so it's like be careful be careful when 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 the crowd is moving with that strong current completely because then you you wonder you know because i'm always trying to look at things from both sides of the spectrum like how do you be an ally in a way that's not performative how do you use influence in a way that can actually change lives but when the black square thing was happening i'm like well you're you're ruining a hashtag that has actually been created to showcase information, to show you what's going on. And then it's all blacked and all the information gets buried. All the voices that should be heard get buried. It makes you wonder. And you're like, well, who's really in control of this thing? You know, what, whose idea was this? I mean, it's, it's all, I mean, that's where like staying balanced and looking at all sides of the equation. Like how, do I really want to do this? It's like when some, when there's a big tragedy and all of a sudden there's a fucking Facebook filter, you know, like you feel guilty, like, Oh my God, I didn't change my, my profile picture to have the French flag or I don't have the LGBTQ flag on my profile picture. It makes you feel weird. But then you're like, also like, well, what kind of data are they getting from this? What's the bigger agenda here? And not to be too conspiracy nut, but there's always another side to it. And the black square to me, it just felt like, I don't know. Like, yeah. The black, the black cube of Saturn. Yeah. I, I heard a conspiracy about something like that. Like these people, they were, I, cause I'm always looking at what conspiracy stuff is, is saying. And it's like these people, they, they worship the God Saturn and his symbol is the black cube. And you know, they're the, the Satan worshipers and it's the pedophilia ring. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, mm. Maybe it's just like, you know, maybe it's something to do with like Republicans. Can we just go? Can we go there? I don't know. Like, can we just go there for a little bit? Huh. Um, I never heard that Saturn was the black cube. That's the new one to me. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I don't know. I didn't look too much into it. I like glanced at something and it said something because I I, I I, didn't dig into it too much, but it mm. said something about Saturn. So maybe something to do with, with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is min- misinformation adelic. Uh, this is what you're listening to. We've switched the podcast now. So from bike adelic to misinformation. Yeah, yeah. From bike adelic to I think that's what he said adelic. Uh, I think I read that somewhere adelic. Yeah, I, I do that a lot. I'm like, yeah, I saw that thing. Um, but yeah, you know, you bring up a, a really good, uh, a really good point here, and I don't want to lose the, I don't want to lose where I was going with that, and I think I might have just done that. But you were saying about the, what were you saying again? Uh, just you know that there's there's always uh, a lot of sides to 
the nebulous nature of truth, you know, right. like where's the impetus for this coming from? What kind of data is being collected? Is this oh, really right, being helpful? Yeah. Is this being hurtful? Is this being harmful? Is this performative? There's just so many questions to ask. Yes. Thank you for bringing it, bringing it back. Um, yeah, that is something that I think about quite a bit. It, I have this weird feeling that comes up when I see so many people doing something like what you just mentioned. And it's like this feeling of like, well, you know, and to take myself out of it, I know that people that are in more prominent positions get a lot of pressure. Well, why aren't they saying anything? Why aren't they, you know, coming out and, and, and posting the thing or saying a thing? Um, and so it's like, well, I, I want to be supportive and I want to, you know, do what is right, but I also don't need to necessarily showcase it in this sort of like trendy, like you said, performative way. It just seems odd. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but like the screenshots of donations and having to prove all this stuff. And it's like, anytime I donate to something, I don't need to take a screenshot to do it. I think there's something more of an embodied practice to just do without needing to be recognized, you know? And then not to get into a Larry David thing about like, well, I had an anonymous. The anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was anonymous. <laughs> but yeah, there's something about that, which I just thought was weird. Cause it's like, I, I have friends from all across the world, all across the board or like all, all cultures. And like, I'm like, how would, how would my friends feel actually, if I'm just all of a sudden posting screenshots of this stuff, I feel like it's kind of like insensitive and like, I don't know, like it just, it felt weird. I was like, how, how much can you, or that weird um, tone deaf thing where all those actors were like, I'm going to do better. Or I, I vow to do better. It was like, <laughs> it was so cringeworthy. I swear I'm going to do fucking better. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah. Cause it's so, it's so performative, performative. It's so like manufactured and commodified and assembly line production and rabble, rabble, mindless crowd like that. You know, we've all become these sort of like, um, insane, like collectors or, or something like with so like we're like looking at our social media feeds and going like oh the thing oh all right everybody do this da, 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 da. okay ah, i feel good and then like you go out and you're like yay whatever and then okay now oh i feel good now about the new thing and i, I don't know i did like a whole rant about this like in a like a sort of like poem yeah i'm like a, a little bit of a dark poet now uh, but <laughs> but uh yeah i got got some shit for it a little bit but it was just like these feelings of of how I've observed the nature of online culture or fucking humanity because we're all online now. So what's the difference really? But like of, of getting, and it's, it kind of goes back to this, this thing of that I was talking about before where I get really into something and then it kind of dissipates, but I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's the sort of feedback loop that's being created here with the world that we're existing in, in now, you know? Totally. And it's, it's a false thing. And to kind of like circle back to this like overarching feeling of being jaded from kind of being in this space and just thinking everybody's full of shit. It's like some of the people that have these curated posts that are like, you know, all like love and light are like mean and cruel. And some of the cruelest people offline that I've ever encountered. And I'm like, well, this is a false reality too, you know, just cause it's like, you know, you're getting some kind of inspiration hit from it some, somewhere or have curated this presence, like check your offline presence too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be really difficult for a lot of people, right? Because it becomes like a source of revenue for them, like a source of income. Like they have a, a brand that they're like maintaining. So it's like, well, as long as I preserve that, then I can kind of let my true self out when it, cause eventually your true self is coming out. You know, you yeah. can't bottle that thing up. No, uh, it'll, it'll expose itself. It'll f- f- shoot off in multi directions. Completely. But it makes me think though, you know, how it just would be an interesting social experiment. You know, did you see Kumare? Oh, I did. Yeah. That's so loved good. It. I yeah. thought it was genius. Yes. I loved but it. How people can be so easily manipulated and not, not take any accountability for their own power. And I guess maybe I'm thinking about that again because I just uh, found this Krishnamurti book. As I'm like cleaning through all of my things, I found the backpack that I took when I went hiking in Tibet. And the book that I brought with me was Freedom from the Known by Jiddu Krishnamurti. And he's talking about how like nobody's coming to save us. You know, we put so much emphasis on like these gurus and deities and religions. And it's just like no accountability for self. And once you realize that it's you and you, you have to come into relationship. It can be like almost devastating and kind of lonely to realize, but it's also empowering in a way when it's like you're the master and commander and all these things can be distractions and tools or however you want to use it. But, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds like you do tangent. know. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you do know, you know, a lot, Jen, you know, a lot. And I think I, I agree with, I, I know I agree with you with that. And, and with Krishnamurti's assessment, it's like, I think a lot of the stories and the, you know, and obviously it's, it's a lot of people have talked about this, but it's really representations of like what we would like to become, you know, we, that we want, we want to be these, these things and, you know, but I don't think we can just be them all on our own. I think it requires, you know, finding connection with other people who aspire to those higher places and, I guess when I say higher, I mean just more of, um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I'm trying to like le- use my language a little bit better because I don't want to, I don't mean higher in terms of superior or anything, but just more aligned, more balanced, more connected, more real, more yeah. grounded, right? More grounded and real because not, not everything is sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and all that love and, and light stuff. It's, it's, it, that stuff needs like, to be integrated into the real, the realness of, of, of things. Right. And that's what makes it more powerful. If you can still be loving and carry light in your heart, when you accept the reality that we live in a chaotic universe and that there is tragedy and there is trauma and there is darkness and evil or whatever you want to define it as. Um, you know, it was funny because today I went for a walk and on my walk, I was thinking about, you know, it was funny because too. I, I used, I have this little cross necklace that I've been wearing as like a reminder and it, it broke today, but I was thinking about, you know, well, if somebody ever asked me why I wear it, like, what does it mean? And to me, it's not like, I don't identify with Christianity. I don't identify with religion, but I identify with, with archetypes, right. And story. And on this walk, I was thinking about how, like the whole Jesus thing is super interesting because if he was alive today, you know, I love that show Messiah. It was really good. I think very well done, but Jesus didn't write his books. His disciples wrote them. Mm. He was, his teachings lived on through the lives he touched. It wasn't him 
putting himself on a pedestal. It was those he affected speaking what he had said, right? And that the whole idea that, you know, he came into the world in in such a way that <laughs> they would rather set the rapist free and crucify the carpenter. It's such a metaphor for like, you know, the, a lot of things. Um, but I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is what I really was thinking about is that there's something to be said about your teachings being through the lives that you touch and not necessarily putting yourself on the platform. Cause when you do, then you're the one who gets strung up and look like, you know? Yes. I, yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. If Jesus were alive today, I don't think he would be like, yo, what's up everyone? Jesus. Yo, just turn water into wine. Yo, make sure to click, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, hit that bell. So you get notifications. All right. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace CBD. And, uh, God, my main man upstairs. Thanks for sending me to earth. All right. Stay tuned. <laughs> what would his TikTok challenge be? You know, yeah. <laughs> pass, pass the, pass the apple. I don't know. Pass, the, <laughs> pass, pass the, the apple. <laughs> don't take a bite. Hand it back. Get a fish to your neighbor. Oh, teach him to do it. And then he gets his own. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> TikTok is, I'm officially old and that's fine. I'm fine with that. I don't want to be, remember, do you remember when it was like, you were like trying to be cool? <laughs> remember like when you were young, like, I mean, I remember, me- I remember, yeah. uh, remember then <laughs> I remember, uh, like I'm just so, I've been so over that for so long and it just feels so nice. And when I see, I feel, I, when I see kids online or, you know, I even worked at this junior high school for a little bit as a podcast instructor after school program. And, and I just see like these kids, they just, they want to be so, and really what it boils down to is people want it. They want to be accepted. Everybody wants to be loved. You know, everybody wants to feel connected and feel love, but it's this like fitting in and being cool. And it's like trying on different things like, yo, that's, that's lit. Did I say that correctly? Like, you know, this, this whole thing and it spills over into adult culture. I mean, we still, we, you know, there's a lot of people like that, but yeah, I think that that uh it's I don't know, the 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 whole like uh sort of psychedelic consciousness thing of like well, more people are waking up and things like that and then I go on TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and I just see people doing really dumb things, you know, and and I'm just like, but are they though? Are are we though? Like yeah. maybe there's maybe there's truth to that in terms of like there's more of an opportunity now. But is is this, uh, yeah, I don't know. But are we really saying anything? You know, I have this, like, so many thoughts, you know, like thinking back that it was like seven years ago that I started Evolve and Ascend. And I was like, I got to just, I have to create a platform where I talk about all the things that I care about. And, you know, now I'm just like, was it even, is it even useful? Is it really like, is there a reason why a lot of this stuff is a cult and secret? Because when it gets out into the masses, it becomes a TikTok challenge. And then it becomes another gross form of capitalism. And it becomes something that you wear instead of you embody. So it's like, I have such a complicated relationship to all of it. But then it's like, there's good and there's bad. And then there's somewhere in between. And then maybe it's all part of something bigger. And um, it's all, it's all good. I don't know. Just... 
It's weird. <laughs> that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Maybe that'll be the title. It's all good and it's all weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it is weird. I mean, I just I just finished uh listening to the the audiobook for um uh Eric, Eric Davis's book High Weirdness. Oh, yeah, I want to I want to read that. Yeah, I chose to listen to it because he reads it and I love when the authors read the book. Yeah. Um so but it's great. I mean, he just, you know, dives into the nature of the weird and where the word comes from and how it's changed and how the 70s was this really weird time. But we tend to think of it as like disco and bell bottoms or something. But it was far weirder than that. And then he explores Terrence McKenna, Robert Anton Wilson and Philip K. Dick and really, really well done. But it's it's just uh, it's just reminded me of just how weird reality really is and the level of certainty and seriousness and even myself when I started Mikeadelic when I started my when I was part of my other podcast uh, part of the problem which is like a political show I really thought that that like that I, I was gonna be a part of like changing the world grand scale and waking everyone up and people are going to see and they're going to realize and man as soon as i get into these psychedelic communities we're all just going to everyone's just going to get it and you realize everywhere you go there's it's like you know an infinite fractalization of a medusa's head and a hydra's head and you know it's just this crazy rubik's cube of changing Medusa um, heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but changing Medusa heads and 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 thoughts and opinions and emotions and political agendas and you know uh, power and control and so. But having said all that, I realize that there's there's still the people that it's going to reach and there's still the people that are going to be affected by it. And then those people are going to go out and do things. And so it's it is sort of being you know serving a purpose. Completely. And that's, I, I arrive there a lot too, where I get those moments where I'm like, should I just blow this whole thing up and just run away? And then I'm like, I get an email from somebody that's like in Nepal and just said like that article really touched me and thank you for sharing that. I thought I was alone. I realized that I'm not. That's what, that's what keeps me going is when, you know, I think we also get stuck in these bubbles because, you know, being in the podcast world and being in the media world and in our little microcosm, you know, we have our own echo chamber, but then we realize there are people out there that are really alone and are stuck in probably some shithole town in the middle of America or in like a third world country and are just looking for some sparkle of hope or meaning or that it all has a bigger purpose and you never know who you're going to reach. And I think that's like where I arrive, where you arrive, where it's like, you know, it all serves, serves a purpose and... It's all weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in embracing, embracing that weird and, and sort of running with it. I mean, I, I recently did, you know, I get a lot of great messages, but someone messaged me recently and, and was like, like, do you really, do you really believe this? And instead of me being normal, I decided to just go weird and sort of <laughs> troll them. And I just thought, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. I, 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 I want to be silly. I want to be weird. I, want, I, I don't want to cling on to things too seriously. Lord knows I've done that, you know. And, and there's times for that when situations come into your life that, that are really hyper real and that you have to deal with, you know, as you know. And, and so when we can move through those and then see our friends and go, oh, yeah, like – 
you know, and, 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 and hear from the people that get connected. I mean, it's all about like that, that smile and that wink and just being like, it's all good. (laughs) It's all good. It's good. Totally. And not being afraid to admit that, like, even, you know, I think back to 2012, Jen, and uh, even 2013, 2014, Jen, and some of the things that I held on to and like really, really believed. And I think that we have to reserve the right to be wrong. And it's okay to be self deprecating to look back and be like, well, you know, I was wrong and I bought it and it's funny now. So, you know, don't give me a hard time. We all fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I love that about you too. Like, I love that, the attitude that you have and the, the, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's really great because it's, in my opinion, it's like, we need more people that are sort of bouncing in this, uh, infinite space of, of openness and ambiguity and agnosticism and curiosity and, you know, get surrendering to all and wonder and majesty and all this stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, the, for the people that are really scared out there and frightened and it's like, Hey, like I've been there too. Like you've been there too. And there's a lot of space in this weird creative and curious place yeah like come hang out here for a little bit completely and also like i don't know to my own detriment like being super honest with with people online you know because i think you know in this spiritual space like spiritual bypass and gaslighting go hand in hand right and this idea that you know i do believe in the power of mind you know and i i love the kabbalion and hermetic principles and i do believe that the the all is mind but the mind is more complicated than we can even wrap our heads around but this idea that you somehow deserve trauma or the bad things and awful things that happen to you you know like uh I don't even want to use my own experience, but that somebody could say like, this is why I don't like Marianne Williamson. And I'll be flat out honest about it. That somebody could say like a child that's in a third world country that's undergoing genital mutilation somehow deserves that because it's what their vibration has attracted. Go fuck yourself. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. (laughs) You just you just need to vibrate a little higher. Yeah. I love that voice that you just. I don't. That, that wasn't Marianne Williamson, but hers is more like I'll meet you on the battlefield of love, and <laughs> like, like I don't know, like from some fucking Wizard of Oz voice. But that's to me, it's such a white privilege thing to say that a child in a third world country having genital mutilation has vibrated that into their experience. No. And I think a lot of people have a guilt that because they're seeing all these things online, like a Marianne, like a Teal Swan, like all this new age garbage where it's like, well, why am I keep attracting this? Or, you know, like, why am I being abused? Or why am I being traumatized? Or why is this happening to me? Or, you know, goddamn, like human trafficking and all of those things are real. But I think this cotton candy saccharine garbage explanation of attraction is so disgusting because it just it makes you feel really fucking terrible about yourself, you know? And like all of my traumas and deaths and things that I've undergone, I do believe there's some kind of weird karma and some kind of weird thing beyond my comprehension of why it came to my life experience. But I also am not going to sit there and hate myself because I attracted this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense or just going totally, on a bitchy rant? <laughs> no, 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 that, that totally makes sense because it's, it's, 
you know, the the thing here is that there are there's truths to that, but when you start to move into the direction of that being the truth and that that supersedes everything else and doesn't take into account the real um, situations that are going on and that becomes your crutch and that becomes your excuse uh, that that's when you start, you know, essentially what I'm saying is whenever you get more into like extreme fundamentalism and it can happen in any direction, uh, that's where the the trouble lies. It's like dial it back down a little bit, come back to to earth a little bit, and let's let's integrate all of these things. You know, let's let's take what we let's take the truths from the great you know texts and 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 put them into our lives where they are fit. And when real situations happen, that we you know that we take care of them. And that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you know you and I and everybody else are are gonna you know who care about these things are gonna fly to Africa with machine guns and start taking on people that are gentle mutilating. But you know we're at least we acknowledge it. We 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 recognize that that's a, a terrible pain. If there's something that we could do. You know, I was I was in the the park the other day with my girlfriend, and we were we were having a little picnic, and and it was a little bit of a windy day, and uh, so our our stuff was kind of flying around, so we were like picking it up, and I just I picked up uh, when we were done eating, I picked up my garbage, and and I was walking it over, about to walk it over to the um the garbage pail, and I noticed that there was some other trash like around in the area, so I just kind of picked up a little bit that was around me, and then I put it into the trash. And I had this thought of like, I mean, I care about the planet. I care about the fact that there's litter on the on the ground that other people didn't throw their trash away. And I'm happy to pick it up if it's in my, you know, area. But I was like, told my girlfriend, I'm like, but wouldn't it be insane if I just said, hey, babe, I know we're going to go to, you know, back to your house and watch a movie now. But I just, I'm just going to stay here and pick up all this trash in the park right now. It's like there's a time and there's a place and it's not, I'm not evil. You know, I could see like some kind of Karen type person being like, you stay here and you pick up all this trash. You know, why didn't you pick up, you picked up a few pieces, but you didn't pick up everything. You're not doing a good enough job. And it's like, okay, like let's just relax for a little bit. <laughs> Completely. And I love that you said that. Cause it's like that happened when I was, when I was in Tibet, the one, this German dude that we were with, he he's like on a Facebook group called Happy Pickers, where like, you know, if you see something, pick it up and throw it out, you know, like just every little bit counts. But also we have to take into account that we can't completely fix the entire world, but every little ripple does something, you know, and even thinking back to like just just everything and like why I like the Kabbalion so much like the idea that every truth is half false and all truths are but half truths every truth is half false um every rhythm and all these principles that govern our our living universe if you look at them as ways to kind of stay balanced and to just not go too far off of the deep end you know pick up a couple extra pieces of trash if you see something pick it up but then like don't become you know why is that person. such a hard concept to grasp nowadays I mean has it always been a hard concept to grasp? I mean, is that why these ancient texts kind of live on is because they're communicating a truth and, and they remain as like esoteric because it's only really certain people that are able to kind of pick up on? I don't know. It's, it's Well, I think a lot of it has comes from 
experience becomes this alchemical tool. You know, like if I if I had picked up the Tao Te Ching as my first book, I'd be like, what are these riddles? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't really understand what he means. <laughs> but then as you have more experience and more life, you're like, uh-huh. This is why the Tao is what it is, because it's everything and nothing and it's balanced and it's it's just taking account for all the complexities of this this riddle that we occupy. Um, and that becomes hard. Not everybody thinks the way that we think. You know, I, I was having this conversation with Natalie, uh, the illustrator of my Oracle deck, who's like fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. And she's, Natalie's just the greatest thing in the world. I mean, just, I'm so lucky that I got not only a best friend, but a great partner. But we were talking about how, cause we're always psychoanalyzing ourselves and we're always like self-deprecating, picking things apart, trying to see how we could do better. And I don't remember a time in my life where I haven't been this way, you know, even as a little kid, just always thinking. But my aunt um, is actually, she's I think almost 70 and she's just, she's undergoing treatment for alcoholism. And it's the first time in her life that she's like really diving deep into her problems. And because of this, the ripple that it's had is like now my mom is looking at her problems and I cannot imagine being 60 something years old and that's the first time looking and being like wow it's 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 me isn't it you know (laughs) it's me how do i how do i fix myself how do i start taking accountability for those things but that's the thing i think we take for granted is that like it's hard to grasp because not everybody is ready to grasp (laughs) that yeah (laughs) things are hard right right like it wouldn't that realization wouldn't have been able to come for you know, every single individual on the planet has a unique set of uh, biological programming, code, intergenerational, you know, um, epigenetic conditioning, and 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 all this kind of stuff, and then all of your your lived experience in this life, and who knows about you know past lives, past lives and DNA yeah. encoded and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, you can't begin to comprehend the intricate details of the masterpiece of the unfolding of this magic trick that is here to confront you uh, at the time that it's here to confront you. And then, yeah. and then, and then at that particular time, it's like, okay, not now. Hold on. Just wait. We're waiting because the mom needs to catch up. So not right now. Jen is is in this position. Hold it. Hold it. Wait. All right. Go. You know, it's like and then that creates some kind of ripple effect, like you said. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. It's almost like when you were explaining that the visual I got was like, do you remember those magic eye books? Where you had to like cross your eyes to see. What oh yeah, 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 yeah. And if you're just looking at the page, it just looks like a garbled bunch of shit. But then when you focus and you adjust and you have to like cross your eyes, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's a fox in there. <laughs> That's kind of like how things are. Not everybody can see it the same way. Not everybody can see it clear. Some people can't even see the same colors. I mean, it goes back to like our isolation tank conversations about just even thinking about how complex and wild it is to think of the dress that some people saw it as white and gold other people saw it as blue and black or those van sneakers that some Mm -hmm. people saw as green and pink and i see as like gray and blue i'm like what (laughs) right how yeah yeah and maybe there's some kind of cosmic body politic makeup or something that happens with you know 
like we're talking about like why is why is it this way why are some people this way or that way it's like maybe that's the sort of nature of balance too you know it's like the in the collective like okay we we need you know and every time i'm doing this voice i'm thinking of like some kind of cosmic universal multidimensional being and just be like all right we need we need at least 27% of the population to be woke we need 46% of the people to be asleep we need 17% to be red pilled and then we need another 14% that believes that we're all uh, the creator is a dolphin or something you know <laughs> There's some kind of uh, maybe cosmic uh, collective human reality thing that, I don't know, it needs to be balanced in some kind of way. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I don't know how else we would learn. You know, when I, you know, you know, I, I had a really, really traumatizing thing happen a few weeks ago and I was like, really, it sent me down just researching trauma and PTSD and different ways of coping and what trauma is and how childhood trauma manifests and one of the things i kept reading is that there's certain types of trauma that literally uh, a lot of people that undergo this it becomes this tool that creates more empathetic people so when you think of like how strange that trauma can either be this thing that makes you hardened or more empathetic like how else would we grow to understand and feel what another person's feeling unless we've felt it directly so I don't know, maybe it is contrast is ne- necessarily part of the equation to create better people. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I think that it's it's almost like everybody has their own, you know, choose your adventure book. It's like, all right, to resolve the trauma, turn to page 46, you know, to enter the cave of, of trauma, <laughs> turn to page 46, uh, to spiritual bypass, turn to page 72. And it's like, all right, well... well See what, but you're never, you're never done with it. You can always turn back. You know, there's multiple, um, pathways to, to take. Completely. And then when you take the pathway, I mean, you just keep going. I mean, it's just, it's a never ending thing. (laughs) Healing is never, I don't know if we're ever like healed with a period. It's healing dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I agree. I I had this realization, uh, short, like a, a short while ago. I was like, oh shit. I was like, healing's not linear. Like yeah. I thought I was like, oh, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing. Like I'm like, no, wait, wait, no. <laughs> it's like it, it moves in like these circular kinds of, uh, you know, sometimes it's a straight line, sometimes it loops back, zigzags. It's um, a never ending process. And I think also just having that realization and just being like, oh, okay, that, that's yeah. okay. I'm, I'm down for that. You know, makes yeah. it a little easier too. Yeah, when you can like, even when you realize what's happening too, if you're like, all right, I get it. You know, I, the, the nonlinear healing thing, um, we were talking about before you were recording, like how a lot of what I've been met with is this idea of like how the faces will change, but the song remains the same. Mm. So a lot of person popping up (laughs) over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I can see it when it's happening, but it's still is, it's still as hard, but I don't know. It's like, even as you identify the patterns that you're working your way through, it's still like, oh, fuck, <laughs> this is a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's the patterns remain. And it's like that I've heard so many times that, uh, you know, that you, the lessons that you need to learn keep appearing in your life until you you learn them. And I, I'm thinking of um, like Agent Smith in The Matrix. Mm-hmm. You know how he's able to like morph into whoever 
they're like chasing and he like morphs into them and then he's there and it's like you know it's like that problem hasn't been resolved yet he keeps switching into these new people and you're running down in a tunnel and you think you're free and then boom he appears and it's yeah yeah it's like that in inception too right when they get closer to a thing and then all the people start running towards them and like you know it's yeah it's so weird. Maybe that's just part of the dream matrix, you know, as we get closer to the, the next level, we get the Agent Smiths and the, the things popping up and morphing to the higher level. I don't know. <laughs> the bigger boss. <laughs> this this podcast is now called I Don't Know Adelic, where we just... Because yeah. <laughs> you, like, it's uh, me and you both do the same. I just noticed that I was doing the same thing. Like, I'd say something and I'm like, I don't know. But I think yeah. I, I noticed a lot of people do that, but like... I, I do kind of, there's something I like about that too, because it's like a re- little bit resistant to the certainty, you know, there's yeah. like, like I've, I woke up this morning and, you know, did some things and then was like looking on some social media and like, um, well, this guy, I just, actually, I, I saw that you, you hopped into the, uh, to the live stream that I was on, uh, yeah. on Instagram, this guy had me on his channel. And, and so I didn't really know anything about him or whatever, but, um, uh, it, you know, appreciate him having me on and stuff and, and being a fan. But then, you know, I look at some of the other stuff that he was like talking, it's just, there's a lot of certainty, you know, about, and it's, so, it's such a strange area because like I'm being certain about uncertainty. Like that's even ridiculous. Yeah. So but I, think, I, I don't I'm know. I'm just going to spontaneously it? combust right now because I can't. <laughs> well, is it like, did we talk about this at one point? It might have been on Isolation Tank or something like the E prime language. Oh, yeah. 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 I think we were just chatting about chatting that, about yeah. that. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing because I don't know if it's even falls into the I don't know. It's more just everything is kind of experience. It's it's like a continuously in action. Right. Because it's never. What is it? You can't say is, are, was or were. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it seems to me as if, wait, I just said if. <laughs> as, as, if, yeah. Is, are, was, were. As if. As if. <laughs> yeah. Remember the 90s? Remember, uh, the, remember how simple the 90s were? I remember. Yeah. You know? I actually recently rewatched Clueless the night that I had this like awful experience with my stepfather. I was watching Clueless with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like wow what a juxtaposition between two really fucking crazy things it's when i watch movies like that or even um like sitcoms it just it's so it just seems like it just doesn't fit into this world anymore like you know like the cool high school guy like shows up at the party and it's like hey what's up nerds and i hope like <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that was the biggest thing at that particular time I, I don't know it just seems so like imagine if a new movie came out that was like that i mean i'm sure there's new movies coming out like that but it just seems kind of tone deaf and just it doesn't incorporate all of the crazy weird weirdness like i want to see like a uh you know like 10 things that she didn't know about QAnon. I'm like, he's like, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, they kind of have really that. into her, but she thinks the world is flat, bro. I mean. <laughs> no, they kind of have that with Euphoria, you know. What's that? What's Euphoria? Oh, my God. It's great. It's okay. The soundtrack is really good. It's on HBO. Okay. Um, it's a high school drama with Zendaya and Hunter Schaefer and all these. Uh, Maude Apatow is in it. Judd Apatow's oh, daughter. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh it's a high school drama and it's very dark it's very uh very real very gritty so we somehow evolved from clueless to euphoria (laughs) which is pretty but it tackles all the things like pregnancy suicide uh you know trans like trans experience it's it's the soundtrack's amazing and it's really stylistically well done but i mean that's euphoria is a good good uh glimpse into probably what it's like being a kid now yeah yeah i was uh i was playing uh virtual reality uh ultimate frisbee tron style in 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 my oculus before (laughs) (laughs) wow is that not the most 2020 2020 sentence i've ever heard (laughs) that should be the title of this episode (laughs) Uh, respect me i'm cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you will love me. <laughs> You're the guy from Grandma's Boy. <laughs> yeah, like the yeah the, yeah. the f- future f- future people. Like yeah, that was I can't like that. I was trying to put that sentence together and like tell you what I was <laughs> what I was getting at, but then I just realized like midway through that it was like yeah. I just ordered I just ordered a a pizza uh in virtual reality while i was uh cloud while i was cloud surfing on a drone um <laughs> doing a tiktok dance my I, I program my drone to be a tiktok dancer oh. <laughs> the point of me bringing that up is i have an oculus quest and and i like there's some cool games in there, but i i can't get sucked in for too long cuz it's fucking crazy it's like you can it's nuts but uh but i'm exposed to a lot of kids are in there and like i hear you know like the way that they talk and and the things that they say and stuff like that and uh anyway whatever but but uh but the the yeah it's it's almost like nowadays in pop culture you have to incorporate all of this craziness because if you don't it's like what what are you gonna do like it's you know there's just it's you, you can't have you just can't have these i look back at like some of the the commercials and the uh, entertainment of even just 10 years ago, you know, like I saw this great, there's a great channel on YouTube called the wisecrack. Uh, I, I like them a lot. They are like a uh, philosophy channel, but they explore philosophy and pop culture. Are you familiar with them? Mm-mm. Oh, you should no. check them out. They do some good videos on South park too. Okay. Uh, like the philosophy of, you know, uh, PC principle or stuff like that. And, and, uh, so they did this great, uh, video about how like comedies are different nowadays. Like there, when was the last time that there was like a real big hit, you know, wacky comedy? Um, it's been, it's been a while and they were explaining how it's kind of morphed. Like it sort of died down around 2009 and now comedy has to be, it's not like just a straight up, comedy like Reb Schneider is a stapler like you know it's like not like this wacky zany thing anymore it's like baked in and they gave examples of like the Avengers and how that's like this action movie but there's comedy baked in and you know the show that you're talking about it's like kind of dark and and stuff like that so it's just interesting it's like the the world that has that and you brought this up before which I thought was so cool that I want to touch on yes I love when I remember things it's like we're creating the world and the world is creating us. And then the creations that we have about the creative world get multiplied into the creative 
machine program algorithm system and it's just becoming this like bonkers place of infinite nutso weirdo craziness yep does that sound about <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> did, I, did i uh sufficiently catalyze your point there yes <laughs> yeah and it's a very synchronous thought that i've been having too because i i don't know why you know the other night uh I rewatched Kingpin. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah. 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 I love that movie. Okay. Farrelly Brothers could not exist in this world. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely, there's no place for them here. <laughs> I, I still like those movies, but I, I, just, I like them too. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine them coming out with something new now because, mm. I mean, uh, it's really interesting how things have changed. And I mean, 10 years, I don't know. When did Kingpin come out? I think probably like the nineties, but yeah, probably uh, like maybe like 99 or something. Yeah. Yeah. But that was great. It's so dark, I you know. know, it was, it's dark comedy and Bill Murray's amazing in it. And He's so good in it. And I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Woody Harrelson just plays this fucking lovable loser. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's strange how, things evolve and devolve and that we can go from, you know, going back to the clueless thing that shares whole thing was like, as if I would date a high school boy. Oh, they're so immature to then in euphoria. Zendaya has a line where she's like the world's ending and I haven't even graduated high school yet. So, I mean, that's, that's the evolution of the monologue. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. The evolution of, of the teenage girl monologue. And it's but, like, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I'm just trying to think. I'm not, I've never been like a big like com like crazy comedy fan. Like I, I love Seth Rogen movies. I'm not afraid to admit that. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I really like This is the End, you know, but maybe This is the End was the end of, a, of an era of things. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Wow. Someone should write an article about that on Evolve and Ascend. Yeah, maybe I will. I've been yeah. feeling a little bit of writer's block lately. Maybe I'll <laughs> spiral into something on that. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like it's all, it's almost like uh that you have like this nature of like the end of the world is like in people's minds. Like even when I when I was in uh when I was teaching those kids for that after school program, like they knew about like they were, were well aware of like conspiracy theories and um you know, the like every one of them was uh sort of had this slight bit of, of, of background fear that the world was going to end, uh, because of, um, you know, the, the ecological situation. And, you know, I didn't experience that as a child whatsoever. I, I didn't have any notion of the world ending. All I thought was that things that I was doing like, oh, cool, I'm going to play Mortal Kombat and eat fruit roll-ups and go to like a sleepover. And I don't know, you know, it's like no concept of any of these things that these kids nowadays have a concept of. Yeah. And I mean, they have a concept of it in a really uh, more dynamic way. So I think when I was in high school and like Y2K stuff was happening, I just thought the world was going to end. I didn't even know what it, what it all meant. I thought like maybe like everything would blow up or, you know, I thought I had this fantastical idea of what Y2K was and I'm like counting and I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to, Oh, we made it. Okay, cool. But now it's like, there's so much information because of the internet and everything that, you know, the reality of, of the world ending 
or however however that manifests is like world ending as we know it or um, literally us all dying. I mean, there's just so much date, so many data points from all different angles of all the different ways that that clock can hit midnight. You know? Yeah, I I, w- I wish that we like I, I would like it to be something kind of cooler, though, than like, a you know, the virus. I mean, it's terrible. It's horrible. It sucks. But, you know, in terms of like a storytelling motif, it's kind of lame. Like, can we have like, you know, uh, alien pterodactyls with laser guns like invading? (laughs) I mean, that would be then we could all rally around that. You know, we'd we'd bring us together and then we'd have something to fight for. (laughs) If 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 the world is story, if we're able to, you know, manifest our collective dreams into something like, yeah, I I just feel like this this particular version of of apocalyptic uh, timeline is a little bit little bit boring. Yeah, at the very least, it could have been. So, speaking of going down obsessive rabbit holes, I've been rewatching all of the planet, of, the new Planet of the Apes movies, which oh, I yeah. thought were are so they good. Well, they're so good. I oh, think they're okay. tremendous. I saw the first one. I I love them, um, but I mean, they the whole human population gets knocked out because of what they call simian flu, um, which was because they created a cure to Alzheimer's from a virus in a lab, and, and in Wuhan, them, China. <laughs> in San Francisco. It's in the movie. <laughs> it's in San Francisco. Predictive programming, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure somebody could pick that apart and say that, but um that is such a good point. Very clever. You could pick apart anything now. Like anything. Literally anything and make it into a thing. I, I mean, I was I did this the other day uh, just as a goof i mean it was, i don't know if it was even that good of one i didn't get a whole ton of feedback but i thought it was funny someone sent me something of like uh these jockeys that were riding on horses and the horses had been photoshopped to to be gone so they were just jockeys in midair riding to like that break bot like song or whatever like shooting star or something <laughs> and they're just they're just jockeys you know flying in air is kind of cool and i was like oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna post this and i'm like horses are fake they're not real everything it's like a conspiracy to keep us asleep and you know what we're really seeing is holographic projections and this is the truth and i'm i i'm sure that if you if i really wanted to take that line of thinking seriously that i could figure something out that really makes a compelling case absolutely a hundred percent and you could sell merch and probably like a whole entire thing about it you know? Yeah, ever since the advent of the car, Henry Ford decided he wanted to murder all the horses so he could sell more cars. It's all about capitalism. <laughs> this thing's a lie. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you about the one account that I, my friend and I made of I am sure George Bush did Titanic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> That was my attempt of being like, I really want to make this a thing. I was just like, I wasn't even stoned. And I'm just like, this is just so ridiculous. And I guarantee somebody will buy this. I'm just going to keep posting this picture and tagging Mike Pence in it. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. I love that. (laughs) Then I gave up. Yeah. Move on to the next thing. I like the horse conspiracy. That's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Let's brainstorm. We'll come up with some stuff. I think that that's, you know, it's, it's fun. Like the, have you seen the birds aren't real? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. I I love that. I guess a little little homage to to them, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I love that. And and it was actually birthed out of uh, you know this message that I got, and I decided like, oh, I'm gonna take it to a little bit of a extreme kind of you know fucking with and trolling, and I and I realized as I was 
you know, because she was like, oh, you don't really believe this stuff. And I was like, well, obviously, George Soros sent back robot cyborgs from outer space in a different dimension to fuck with the time here because the people in the future, the elites are scared that we're going to actually have a revolution. So they needed to prevent it. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm like, <laughs> as I'm actually making this up, it's now plausible that somebody like it's no longer when when I write write something on Twitter or something like that, like people will respond and be like, "You don't really think that." Like, how could you say something like that? It's like, no, no, I'm I'm being absurd. I'm joking. This is a joke. But it no longer that 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 veil has been lifted. Where now it's plausible that anybody can be a serious devotee of this of whatever they're saying or believing. Completely, and yeah, and how quick quick it can be like you see what they said they believe this you know like uh yeah what a world <laughs> what a what a wonderful world <laughs> what a beautiful song that is a beautiful song it and ha- and have and have you ever heard the one by i forgot the guy's name but he he passed away a few years ago uh, large Hawaiian man. Oh, Israel. Is, yeah, I don't want to yeah. slaughter his name, but he yeah. did the Over the Rainbow too. Mixed with the wonderful what? Oh, so mm. beautiful. I loved, I loved his voice. It's so nice. Yeah, so nice. Mm. That on a bike ride and fucking, you know, who who even is thinking about the that horses and birds aren't real? <laughs> <laughs> until Until you're riding your bike and then you notice, you know... Are those birds following me? Nah, I'm crazy. <laughs> and then you, and then that can even, you know, that's what Eric Davis explores in his book is like this, this paranoia, like Philip K. Dick's like paranoia, but like, but was there like, he like believed it, but there was there truth to it. Like all these synchronicities were happening. And, you know, I mean, obviously all these guys were, were using drugs, different kinds of drugs, but fuck, I've even experienced this myself, like diving deep on mushrooms or ayahuasca or DMT or, you know, things get weird. And then you go, how do I explain that? Was that real? What is real? Do I believe that? Am I? What is that? Yeah. And it's hard not to get paranoid in those spaces because the DMT realm and those, those really strange mechanical alive dancing clown, you're like, you, That's a reality. The dancing, you're the, someone brought up, dan, this is now three days in a row that people have told me about dancing clowns. Wow. Well, maybe Pennywise is trying to get through. <laughs> Psychedelic Pennywise. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me a lot on the DMT realms. And it's strange that it's a collective thing that people go there. So clearly there's some uh, slice of dimension or time or reality that there is just a dancing clown reality and just wrap your head around that for a second. Just mm-hmm. one small little grain of sand and the trillion billion galaxies of strange things that you can slice into. Then it makes you paranoid. And you're like, God, how, how meaningless is my life? <laughs> Fractal of dancing clowns, machine elves and computer programming aliens. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What, what is, uh, have you had like a really, so you had a dancing clown experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh See, I had, I had a laughing leprechaun experience. I didn't have a dancing clown experience. Huh? I've never had a leprechaun. The dancing clown I had was kind of like, a. 
and almost like 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 uh like you know those french clowns that have like the black and white outfits uh oh yeah almost look like that and then just like making all these weird like kind of like oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing yeah mm-hmm. I, I love that in other realms at least there's a sense of humor because there's definitely always like um Especially on DMT, it feels like uh, some of these realms. There's there's a humorous aspect to things. Like uh, I had a I had an experience once where they felt like the shy guys from Nintendo. You know those guys with the the weird masks, and they're just like running up and like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird if it's just a fragment of your imagination, and it's also weird if it's not, and that's just the reality that they're in. Maybe that's just what you become when you surrender to the absurdity of everything. You're just like this. You know, you get reprogrammed. Like all your worries go away, and now you're just reprogrammed into this like clown filled of joy and silliness and you know almost like how when you're you know when you're a kid having said that though when you're a kid you're you're really exposed and open to all emotions but there is that sort of jovial silly open you know wonder you know wondrous uh, nature yeah and you don't even know what you're laughing at like i love those videos of babies that are just laughing over a piece of paper ripping I, i remember when i was little talking about again like young memories like first memories my grandmother had these books from her travels and it would be like ruins from rome and what they look like now and then there would be this like uh what is it like kind of like the transparency paper with painting over of what they used to look like before and she would show me like them ruined and then them what they looked like before and i don't know why i thought that was so funny i would cry laughing be like ha, 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 it's destroyed <laughs> Yeah, because you just came back from the yeah. Bardo realm of the reincarnation, <laughs> you know, uh, chamber, and you're remembering like, oh, silly humans, you know, <laughs> like you're you're remembering the 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 time, time is funny, duality is funny. Yeah, but I had to be like five and like what a funny weird thing. So I guess maybe it's a recapitulation of something from a past life. Oh, what what is what does that word mean? Oh, so recapitulation. This is one of my favorite words that I've learned. I like twenty twenty. Okay. Um, I'm in this study group uh, that studies the work of Alice Bailey and the- theosophy. And my teacher, he's awesome. He's uh, was talking about this concept about recapitulation. So, you know, when they choose the Dalai Lama, the way that they choose the Dalai Lama is they'll have objects from the prior Dalai Lama, where it'd be like his glasses or a book that he read or whatever it is. So they choose the Dalai Lama because they the reincarnated one is supposed to know what his objects were from his prior life Uh so in finding that object it's a recapitulation which is like a remembering from the life before so if you had moments in your life where it's like you unexplicably understand the answer to something or you're like i've been here like those deja vu moments you're like i don't know why i understand what this means and you it's it's called a recapitulation like you're remembering something from a past life i love that concept i love that word wow yeah Past lives recapitulation. Interesting. Did, were, did you once tell me about a past? What? Tell me about past lives. Have you had a past life experience? Do you believe that you were uh, in, in, inhabited in another meat suit? So I've had past life regressions, and I have a uh, nebulous answer to what I think it means. So I. 
don't know if it was actually say, you know, Jen was this in a past life or if in the realm of hypnosis or imagination, I tapped into a life. So it's like if everything's connected, then everything connects. Right. So if we all are everything, then everything exists within us. So perhaps in these revisitings of past lives, it's not necessarily our own life, but it's a life that you need to see most that's like congruent with the life path that you're on now. Does oh, that make sense? Shit. Yeah, that does make sense. Because I think, you know, especially after having done five MEO DMT and having that experience of going into the void and just being like, oh, well, we emerge from this fundamental thing. We return to this fundamental thing. We're all kind of coming from this same pool. Like the Rumi quote, you're not the entire ocean, you're the entire ocean in a drop, right? Um, uh, the first past life experience I had was actually with a really famous hypnotherapist. She's like very famous now, but when I had the reading with her, she was just starting out. Um, her name's Grace Smith. And my past life regression was super overwhelming. I was so emotional. I felt it so deeply and it made a lot of sense. But then if I were to like say out loud to people what past life I saw made me sound crazy. So I've had mixed emotions about what that glimpse was. Um, but then I had another past life regression with this really incredible hypnotherapist named Dan Ryan, who you'd, you'd love Dan. He's fucking rad. Uh, Jeremy Johnson actually introduced me to him. Oh, cool. And in the life, it was really crazy. I just, I went in and I saw myself and I looked down and I had these like skinny, hairy legs and I was a Middle Eastern man, just very quiet and had a broom and sweeping up a mosque and you know, it had to be like the seventies or eighties and not really talkative, but everybody saying hi to me and just being a very humble man. And the lesson that I saw from his name was Abdel, which is what I got in the past life regression. And all I kept hearing from him was discernment, discern. And this was like two years ago, maybe longer. No, it was about two years ago. Um, and that, like, the lesson I was supposed to take away from that life was discernment, knowing when to talk, what to share, how to embody, how to just be humble, just clean the mosque, you know, just be there and be present. And it's really interesting because discernment has been a word that I think has followed me since then. So whatever it means, whether that was my life or a life I slipped into that made sense for the path, uh, I think discernment is a really good word to operate from. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have discerned these experiences quite well. Right. Because it's like you can you can make them fit for, you know, it's like if you look at it as like that was an actual past life or if that is something that I need to see that I need to learn from. Either way, it works. It's good. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. truths are half truth. Every truth is half false. Yeah. That's where I try to stay. You know, I think uh, I am circling back just I think any time that we're so convinced that we know something, it's doing ourselves a disservice. I mean, it's kind of silly to like, you know, for us to be in this conversation and be like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something kind of refreshing about that though, because I, I, I am apprehensive of anybody that thinks they have it all figured out because who's the one that's the ultimate truth is knowing that I know nothing, can feel things, can experience things, can have ideas of things, but what do we really know? We can observe and reflect and uh, see how it how it molds over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, isn't that wisdom? I think so, right? Wisdom is one thing. Knowledge is another. Yeah. And then I love in knowledge is like no, knowledge and you break it apart like knowledge. 
know when the where the ledge is. <laughs> Don't go too far off the ledge. Oh, you just blew my mind. No one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> that was like a download I had after doing ayahuasca. <laughs> Knowledge, no ledge, no ledge. Whoa. <laughs> and that's wisdom. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been uh, partaking in any psychedelic activities as of late? No. No. Um, ever since, you know, I had that really challenging journey back in December and then I got really deep into meditation and where I've been going with my imagination and mind and body. Uh, there's, it's been really powerful. Um, I'm supposed to do ayahuasca again at the end of August if, if this is opens up, but, um, I don't know. I've even done mushrooms and I love mushrooms. I've just been like really feeling it all from this whatever this is <laughs> yeah you've been, you've been tripping here in this yeah. realm yeah well you mentioned 5-MeO before uh you know I've never done that and I'm a, I'm a little hesitant to yeah I don't know it's I just feel the way that I feel about it it's not not that I uh you know I just have to feel very like called or pulled to something and for whatever reason the thing hasn't appeared that has been pulling me towards that yet but uh can you can you talk about that a little bit that experience yeah totally um so i have mixed emotions about it i think uh heed your intuition obviously and if you're not getting the call maybe there's something to answer to it um i tried it last summer um and you know, went to a guy in New York who's amazing and uh, it was really cool because he's actually a doctor. So, you know, he felt very safe, very comfortable. It was a really nice setting to have ceremony in. And when I had the experience, it was, you know, I've had, I've had friends explain to me what it was like and they say like, it's like the void. Imagine going into the void. Um, my friend Avery Hopkins is a master alchemist and he had actually told me that he doesn't advise people doing it. And he's done it like a bunch of times. He actually has the, the toads. Um, and he's like, you know, it's just, you're, you go into emptiness and that's an overwhelming thing to experience. And I'm like, how do you wrap your mind around emptiness? But I, I wanted to have the experience. So um, when I went in and you feel that emptiness, there are no words, you know, like you think of like context, no words, no words. They should have said, I, I, and I am a poetic person, um, to feel the abyss that's everything and nothing and completely empty is really overwhelming. And it's beautiful. Like they say, it's like instant samadhi you know, where you feel that oneness, that unity consciousness, but it's not like ayahuasca where there's colors and there's movement. It's empty. It's like empty space. And, ah, uh, it was just so much. And when I was in it, I, t time dissolved in a way that's different than the timelessness that exists in DMT and those other realms where time feels weird or time feels slow. This felt like forever and I remember when I started coming to and looking at my arm and seeing the freckles on my arm and seeing my body and realizing just how temporary this is and then crying uncontrollably I mean like I'm so sorry like how long was I gone was I gone for hours like I'm so sorry you guys were waiting for me and it was like now you're gone for 15 minutes <laughs> and I was like oh what 
And I just remember feeling this feeling of just such overwhelm because it felt like what I imagined death is like. Like it's probably the closest thing you can get to a near-death experience. And I'm very humbled by it. I'm very grateful for it. But it's been weird because I have flashbacks to that space of emptiness and it makes me feel uncomfortable sometimes. And like, you know, fucking spiritual bypass shamans will be like, you need more. You got to go back in there. You know, you probably need more of it. And I'm like, no, I don't. I actually now I'm very humbled that I have this human body for you know, however many years if I'm lucky. And then I just, it just really makes you realize how impermanent this, this skin suit is. And that, you know, you, when you're gone, you're gone. Dissolved back into the everything. And I mean, maybe other people have other experiences with it. You know, it made Mike Tyson emerge this cuddly love bear. For me, it, it kind of made me more serious about enjoying my time here and being human. And I think that was like a, a real sobering thing because uh, the person who I did it with, too. So I had this I have this like overwhelming experience crying, like really just having these great realizations. And the person I did it with, who, you know, uh, she did it. And she came out of it and she just fucking starts criticizing the shaman and like just being manic and crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, that's the beginning of the end of that friendship. Uh, oh, my how, God. How do you do this world's strongest psychedelic? And that's what you come out with. OK, moving right along. Oh <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, which, you know, it's like uh, I hear a, a lot of people that are very like psychedelic utopian as well, because it's like. Well, psychedelics are this, it's the key, it's the answer, you know, it's the solution to everything, you know, and, uh, you know, it doesn't change everybody. It doesn't impact everybody the same. No. Uh, there are a lot of the times they, they just amplify certain traits that we already have. Like you, you can be sort of, you can be a dick and have drank ayahuasca a hundred times. It does, Completely. you know, it doesn't <laughs> equate to like all of a sudden you're just like nice and you're just this like glowing shining orb of peace. No, it's not a cure all. I remember, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really get like starstruck or anything, but I did have like a fangirl moment when I was in Tulum with Noah Lampert's mom, who's friends with Dennis McKenna. And I got to have dinner with him and hang out with him, smoke a joint with him. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> I had to totally like contain myself. Um, but we were talking at dinner about how ayahuasca doesn't work on sociopaths and it doesn't work on people with narcissistic personality disorder. It is not a cure all. They could take it and it can inflame those things and make it worse and one of the things too on the other end of it is that you know i i used to be definitely teeter on that person where like everybody just needs to do ayahuasca and everybody needs to do mushrooms and you know whatever and i just think of like holy shit man like i am so grateful that i had some training wheels before i had the 5-meo dmt experience because i'm still overwhelmed by it so i can't imagine how somebody that's not mentally strong or not prepared for that how that could completely fracture their reality in a way that is very overwhelming mm -hmm. and um i think you know discernment 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 because i don't know i think the other thing that was like weird with the five meo dmt experience that i i think maybe made it a little more overwhelming for me too because it was so close to feeling like a near-death experience is that um one of my really close i'm still like really good friends with all the kids that i grew up with um i was like the only girl like hanging out with old boys and like riding bikes and whatever we're all very close but one of my friends um he lost his daughter to cancer at three 
you know, she's very, very young. And um, I don't know, I think like thinking about death and thinking about that space and how overwhelming and beautiful and then thinking about like her dying and I don't know, it just brought up a lot of really, really uh, intense, powerful emotions that really make you appreciate life, but also realize how serious that things are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not everybody, yeah. you know, like Trisha could come on here and talk about her experiences and probably be the sparkling rainbow, but I don't know. That's where it took me. Sure. No, I've heard that a lot. Like what your, your account, I've, I've, I've heard that a lot. I've heard like, it's the void, it's death, it's nothingness and everything and non-dual and, you know, yeah. And I think that I definitely know some, uh, practitioners, facilitators that, I feel I get a sense that they, um, you know, see this as like the truth, you know, or, or like something that's like, well, you know, if, if you have this experience, then you'll, you'll be able to walk better in the world. Whereas I kind of think like, yeah, maybe that's true if you're ready for it. If you have, you know, the, the prerequisites in order to stand on solid ground when you leave that. Uh, however, I do think that, you know, just, just hearing you talk about that and your friend and three-year-old girl and, and dying and it's like how even, even now with, with the, the COVID, you know, pandemic and with the, the terrible things that are happening in the world, how, how many people have experiences where they feel the fragility and the temporal nature of of reality i feel if more people did if if death was sort of more um integrated into our world in a in a holistic kind of balanced way with respect and reverence uh rather than like this fear kind of thing that maybe we would have a little bit more compassion and empathy and you know um honoring of the experience in the moment and not this sort of mad dad. Like I know so many people that are like, I, 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 maybe not so many people, but I know a few people that are like, yeah, you know, I mean this, you know, the pandemic, you know, it's crazy and everything, but I'll tell you, you know, I'm making some pretty good gains in the market. I'm like, 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 but there's, that's like, that's what our society is. Like it's built on this thing. And it's like, the fragility of life and the, you know, the, the real true connection to the human emotions of being here and then not being here and the loss and the sadness and the grief that seems almost like it's this idea that's known, but not like emotionally known. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's under, it's, it's known, but not understood Mm. maybe. Yeah. Um, because when you think about the things, you know, um, I, I like nice things and I like experiences and I like the freedom that money can buy. But ultimately, things are not what you take with you. You know, accumulation is not what you take with you. You know, um, what we were talking about before we started recording, you know, the fact that like I'm clearing out the storage unit that has all these things, all this expensive furniture and all this stuff I've accumulated. And it's like, that's not where it's at. You know, when I'm gone, that stuff goes too. what are the things that you take with you is like memory, relationship, love. At least I think, 
you know, <laughs> at least I think that's what you carry on to whatever the next, the next thing is, or if you carry on and feed back to that empty space, you know, what are you going to feed back to that, that void? Do you want to feed back to the void of that? Oh man, I didn't get enough market gains and I didn't get that new watch. Or is it just like, wow, I, I going back to the Jesus thing. Like I, live on through the lives that I touch and I can go back into the thing that I came from a better fractal. <laughs> yeah. Better. Like <laughs> I, I could fit, I could fit into that, that puzzle piece that the, the massive, uh, you know, collection of pieces and it's, uh, it's, it'll be comfortable. It'll be accepted. It'll be aligned and, you know, moving more towards, uh, 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 moving more towards balance, I think, because I think, you know, we've touched on this a couple of times, you know, there's the people that are very focused on like, well, we need order and we need to, to police and the order. And then there's like abolish the police. It's chaos. And just, you know, and it's like, there's like those two need to, to touch each other, you know, in a way and like dance with each other a little bit. And completely. Yeah, if you could kind of surf that wave and and return to the cosmic uh, surf shack with uh <laughs> you know, with those vibes, then that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just imagine the cosmic surf surf shack being like Paul Rudd's character and forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's I like, love his character. <laughs> I stopped wearing a watch when I came out here, man. He's like, Oh, that's so cool. He's like, Yeah, my cell phone can tell time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, that man, cosmic balance. Yeah. It's like, you know, man, when life gives you lemons, you know, you just fuck the lemons and do whatever you want, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so good. Yeah. Paul Rudd's great and everything. And he doesn't seem to age. No, he gets Adrenochrome, better. adrenochrome, adrenochrome. Um, <laughs> not, yeah. to, not a laughing matter, but I mean, God, I can't imagine Paul Rudd. He seems such like a, such a nice man he had this great uh like series like he basically trolled conan o'brien every time he went on uh the conan show uh is it called the conan show whatever conan uh and and so he would be like there's it's on youtube i'll send it to you it's like he 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 goes on and he's like every time he's promoting a movie and conan's like all right let's take a let's take a look at the clip and it's this old, like, it's a clip from this old crazy movie with some, like, alien and a boy. And the alien's, like, falling down this, like, mountain and just, like, flies off. And it's some weird, cheesy 80s movie. Is and it Mac and Me? It, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think that's what it is, yeah. And, and, he, and it's, like, a compilation on YouTube. And it's, like, literally every time. And Conan is, like is so like, all right, really? Like again, again uh, with this? And it just, it doesn't get old. You know when like something's repetitive and you're like, okay, at first it's funny and then it loses its funniness and then it keeps going and it becomes even more funny. It's like, <laughs> yes, totally. It's like being Rickrolled, but with Mac and me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, did, I threw out a Rickroll like not too long ago. I was like, yeah, a little throwback to the old days, uh, to the old internet days when it was fun and playful. Back in those days, back when Charlie bit his finger <laughs> yeah remember that charlie bit me yeah yeah <laughs> charlie bit me 17 million views charlie oh. bit me oh my god or that i love that kid the blood kid that was one of my favorite ones blood i don't know i don't remember that one. Oh my god he he got his dad got grape juice or something on him and the kid thought he the dad was bleeding 
Because the kid's just going, blood, blood. And the dad's laughing and the kid gets real hot. He's like, it's not funny. Blood. <laughs> I got <laughs> to see that. watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You always have great ones. Um, yeah, I love, I, I love that. Uh, the, I, we, I got I to gotta send you some stuff. But anyway, maybe we should wrap up the, the pod and then we could chat about weird internet stuff and send it to each other and laugh because that'll be fun. And you guys won't get to experience it because <laughs> we're moving to a realm of uh, just straight up interpersonal connection that's outside of the matrix of control of podcasts and social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. We started weird and we ended weird. I love it. What better way? All right. So, uh, Jen Sodini, everybody, one of the greatest human beings of all time to ever have graced this uh, multiverse. Give her, give her, a, a, give her your money. Just send her all your money <laughs> to uh, 1010, 1111 Hermosa Ave. No. <laughs> Tell the people. Talk to the people, Jen. Oh, yeah. So um, thank you, Mike. I think you're amazing. And I feel the same way about you. You're oh. rad. Um, yeah. Anybody interested in following up with me? Uh, Jennifer Sodini on socials and website and all that stuff. Um, if you are interested in my Oracle deck, it's a Menti Oracle, Feather Heart deck and guidebook. Very grounded uh, esoteric wisdom. And then uh, evolveandascend.com for all things uh, esoteric, ancient wisdom, modern world type of deal. So that's me. Excellent. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did and more conversations like that to come. If you want to support the show, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps boost up the show so more people can see it, get access to the kinds of things that we're talking about, the conversations that we're having here. If you want to go a step further, you can donate as little as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash mikebrank, B-R-A-N-C. And uh, at $5 a month and more, more rewards start to kick in, like the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum Discord chat group and much more. And go to my website, mikebrank.com. You can check out all kinds of cool stuff there. Check out Student Loan Tutor. Go to studentloantutor.com and get a free evaluation for your student loan debt. Tell them Mike Adelic sent you, Mike Brancatelli sent you. And check out Hemp Bombs, 15% off, Mike15. Put in the code at checkouthempbombs.com. And the Charles Eisenstein course on political hope. The links are in the show description. All the links for this stuff is, are in the show description. Check that out. It's going to be a fun course. I'm going to take it. I'm really looking forward to it, especially in this, this time right now. It's an election year, and I think Charles has a lot of really good things to say about the political spectrum of, uh, of what neither side is talking about and what's important and what we should be looking at in a holistic, sacred, and spiritual way that serves life and that you know we can become agents of change so go check that out it's 50 off uh charles eisenstein course on political hope everything is in the show description and thanks to danny barnett and galaxia for the music peace <laughs>